Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Real Talks. I'm your host, David Steele, and I'd like to welcome back my co-host, Ann Cargard. This is the 12th episode in a long line of them that will span over the course of several months as we analyze, critique, and dissect each and every Marvel film in chronological order. Last week, we did Avengers Age of Ultron, and this week, we're going to be talking about Ant-Man. Just a friendly reminder, if you like what you're hearing, you can follow us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Just search Real Talks. That's R-E-E-L Talks. Just like my name, S-T-E-E-L-E. Also, you can follow us on social media. I'm on Twitter at WannabeRounder, LinkedIn, and on Instagram, DCaduto. Where can they find you, Ian? They can find me on Instagram at frogs underscore Z, so that's F-R-O-O-G-Z underscore Z. Just a couple of quick announcements. Our revamp Patreon channel is now live. You can find it by typing Real Talks into the search bar. Let me tell you a little about it. We're offering four different affordable levels you can support us at. $3, $8, $15, and our highest is only $20 a month. If you do choose to support us, You'll have the opportunity to get some great perks, such as your name shouted out before every podcast, cool merch, and if you're one of our major contributors, you'll get a one-hour monthly Zoom meeting with the listener himself, and not to mention one unpublished podcast. For more details, just go to the website. I'll leave the link in the description. So without any further ado, let's dive into the movie. So, Ant-Man. This is one of those movies that is, well, let's face it, not a lot of people know this character. A lot of people, I don't even know if a lot of people saw it. Um, Yeah, you're you're right. I think um, this is one of those things that in characters you go, who? And who's starring in it? And so, um, yeah. So it's one of those, uh, I, you know, I, I think you could almost, I mean, obviously it's now huge, but Guardians of the Galaxy. I think a lot of people, when Guardians first came out, they said, who is this? Who are these misfits? And now, of course, it's one of the greatest, you know, Marvel movies. Parts of have. the franchise. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, anyways, this actually had a decent cast to it. Um, so Paul Rudd actually started Scott Lang. Now, I, I don't know off the top of my head, had you seen him in anything else? I can't think of anything. I mean, I'm sure he had been in, um, things that, uh, let's see. Yeah, so the parts of a wallflower. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, let's see. What else has he been in? Uh, Wet Hot American Summer. That is in the, that. Um, is Parks. Okay, so he was on Parks and Rec. Okay. Um, it looks like he just bounced around from... Dinner for Schmucks. I mean, so, I mean, I'm going back a bit, but yeah, so it's, it looks like that he had been, I don't want to say nobody. 
but very difficult to pinpoint. Um, yeah, it looks like he did some soaps for a while. And uh, so it looks like he was a television actor. I'd be curious to find out like what um, drew him, who discovered him in Marvel. Because he's one of those guys that you just go, okay. I think the more recognizable name that everybody knows from this movie is Michael Douglas. Yeah. Um, and for many, many years, uh, you know, if you want to go back and listen to the Robert or the uh, Civil War podcast, uh, Winter Soldier podcast, we did. Um, Robert Redford was really one of the first major, major guest stars. I mean, ever since you've had people like Meryl Streep, Michael Douglas, I mean, the laundry list just goes on and on and on. So I think Michael Douglas was a big contributing factor to this, uh, this film's success. So, but, um, yeah, so it, it's one of those things where when you look, when you can bring an Academy Award winner in and he wants to do the film, you're in good shape. So this was made, once again, by Marvel and distributed by Walt Disney. So the budget of this movie was, I mean, relatively low, all, all things considering. And it was only $130 million. I mean, this is... This is probably one of the lowest budget movies they have. If I had, I, I don't know, I have the list in front of me, but if this movie opened, this is going to date you almost seven years to the day. It's been that long? It's Ugh. July 17th, 2000, yeah, 2015. So, and uh, it made a, only a meager, and I say meager, $57 million opening weekend. So that tells you, I mean, usually we see openings for films, 80, 90, 92. This made only $57 million. And I think that goes back to the popularity of the character. Because nobody knew who this guy was. So um, it was co-written and directed by uh, Peyton Reed. And I think that people... The, the one movie that he's most recognizable for is Bring It On. The cheerleading movie with Kirsten Oh, Guts. the Spirit Fingers one? Oh. Yes. Yeah. So, but he did do such a good job that they had him back a couple years later to direct him and the Wasp. He's also directed a couple of episodes of The Mandalorian. And he is directing, which will be out next year, uh, is February next year, so we're talking probably nine months from now. The new Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum So, yeah. so he, he's actually been doing just good enough, I would say, to um, to get by. And, and because these movies, let's face it, these movies are not making; they're making what, a few hundred million dollars total, and it's. Um, not the best, not the best thing in the world for it. So, yeah. Um, anyways, 
so let's let's move on here. So we have Paul Rudd and Adam. This is so. This is what I didn't know. Paul Rudd and Adam McKay, the same guy that did The Big Short and Vice and in all of these movies, actually co-wrote this. Um. So I'm looking right now, and. Well, let's put it this way. Ant-Man and the Wasp is 31st. So this made, okay, this is out of all of the films. So it made $180 million total. That's it. That's not much for a Marvel. That is unbelievable. Thor made a little bit more than that. It was only in theaters for 25 so no, it was actually in theaters for 25 weeks too. <laughs> so almost six months. And it, this is okay, so the first day it came out, July 17th, it made $22 million in one day. That weekend, and so what I, that's what I said. So you're talking about and then it dropped down to nineteen point four, and then nineteen, and then fifteen point one, and then the next weekend, it made like fifty. Uh, let's see, about twenty five million dollars. This movie is not. I mean, it, not to say it's not good. It's just financially, I think everybody's so um, enamored with with money and how much movie money uh, how much money movie makes and um, I gotta say this was an okay movie but it just didn't hold up the weight that some of the other ones did I mean even the sequel didn't really step up and, and you know do well anyway well to tell you the truth I didn't even really see it in theaters I was just so unimpressed with it yeah so worldwide, though, it ended up making five hundred million, a little over five hundred million dollars. So five hundred nineteen million dollars. So yeah, but I, I was just kind of shocked about that. So yeah, Paul Rudd and Adam McKay actually co-wrote that. I was, and I had to look it up. I went the same Adam McKay that just did Don't Look Up, and it was. I went wow, because you don't you normally he's known for like The Big Short, like Vice. These movies that are dark comedies. Not Ant-Man. You know. So, anyways. Um, so, as it begins, it's 1989. And Hank Pym, who's played by Michael Douglas, resigns from S.H.I.E.L.D. After he realizes that Howard Stark had been trying to replicate his, shrink, his uh, shrinking technology. So, we move to the present day. And... So Scott Lane just gets out of San Quentin. Uh, and so his, he's waiting for his old self-partner, Luis Michael Pena, who, i got to be honest with you, he was pretty funny, you know, in this movie. Um, he was the comic relief. I mean, that's like that scene in, uh, I think it was one of the trailers. He's like, yeah, I got to, you know, 20 feet. He's like, oh, yeah, I got to 35 feet. <laughs> and one was, in the, in Evangeline Lilly says, Okay, people, if we're, if we're done uh, 
you know, trading sizes here. Can we get down to business? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah, but Michael Payne is pretty funny. So he offers to let him stay in his apartment. And so he can't find a job because of his criminal record. And so he found out that there was a company that had been overcharged to his customers. So he hacks into their system. So, yeah, he, he does his time. And then within 48 hours, he's right back at it. Hacks into a system and transfers many millions of dollars back to his customers. So Luis then introduces them to Dave, T.I., and he, um, he gets a, a getaway driver. So they, they want to do this robbery. So Hank gets invited to a presentation to a company that he founded, Pem Check, and his daughter, uh, Evangeline Lilly, plays the daughter and his former protege, Darren Cross. And they show him a prototype of the yellow jacket suit designed after the Ant-Man that Hank wore. So Darren had actually had no, he wanted to, but he had no success of shrinking living tissue. So then Scott drops by his uh, daughter's birthday party. And so, of course, there was, they had a divorce, and she left him, obviously, because he went to jail. And he owes back child support. And the wife says, look, you can't see your daughter until you pay your delinquent child support. So he realizes that it's going to be close to a year before he could even get the funds to actually do this. Meanwhile, back at Penn Tech, Hope and Darren actually are attempting to shrink a, sh a sheep to microscopic size. Their experiment fails, and, and a sheep is killed. <laughs> and by the way, no, no animals were harmed during the uh, course of this movie. But yeah, so then they went. So she wants to stop, and he says, "Well, we got to keep going." So knowing this, they set up a job to actually go rob somebody's house. Well, the person that they want to go rob is Hank. So they go and they basically cut the electrical circuit, cut off all the phones, and they go in. And so they did, you know, lifted his prints and, and everything else. And they only found, and the only thing he found when he opened the safe is a weird looking bodysuit and helmet. And he's like, what the hell Which is Which he this? thinks is like a motorcycle. Yes. Outfit. Yes. Like an evil Knievel type of outfit. Dejected that he didn't get anything, he goes back and he examines the suit that he stole, wondering why it was so heavily guarded. He notices the tubes full of red and blue liquid. And out of curiosity, he step, puts it on steps in the bathtub to get a better look in the mirror. Noticing the red button on the glove, he presses it and instantly shrinks. So Luis comes into the bathroom, he turns out the water, which is like a tidal wave for Tony Scott. <laughs> so he hears a voice like, help me. So he gets back inside and he's like, what the hell is going on? So then they realize that they, you know, that what the suit does. And so he races home and takes off the suit and decides to return it to his safe. And he breaks in without any, any problems except he's surrounded by the cops so he's arrested and brought back to prison meanwhile the lawyer that he is going to get is hank and he offers him two choices 
life in prison or follow his instructions. Essentially, he was in the altercation, saying, look, you're going to do, I'm going to help you, or you're going to stay here by yourself for the rest of your life. Well, it's not much of a choice, is yeah, it? It's, yeah, it's an alt- yeah, well, he, it, that time. So he's taken back to his cell, and a bunch of ants bring him back the suit. He puts his suit up, he puts it on the suit, he shrinks, and then he leaves prison. So one of the Hank's ants spreads its wings and, and tells Scott to climb on and he flies all over the city. So then this is where Hank basically tells Scott that he invented this suit and he was afraid to get it misused. Meanwhile, Darren finds out about the shrinking technology. And so Darren is the, the uh, antagonist. So when Hope realizes how dangerous she was, she teams up with Hank to stop her. And this is where they all get together. And this is, you know, classic montage of, you know, watch any sports movie and you'll see it. In this case, it was Scott training in, like, martial arts and learning how to lead the ant colonies and all of that. And so, Pretty much a Rocky montage. Exactly, exactly. So he tells him that he has to, one piece of tech that he needs to steal from the shield building. So Scott flies to the building and he sees that it's the Avengers headquarters. Pressing forward, this is the first time we really see uh, Sam Wilson. So pressing forward, Scott lands on the roof, triggering a sensor. Sam Wilson arrives to investigate and he sees Scott even at a small size. A battle ensues and then he gets into his jetpack, causing it to short out. Which later on, that's what you hear. He's like, uh, in Civil War, he's like, yeah, sorry about the, uh, sorry about what happened earlier, earlier, and basically says, well, that'll never happen again, you know, type of, so he returns, and this is where, um, we find out that there was a ICBM launched at the U.S., so he has to, um, he has to stop this thing, but so the, the the daughter has her own suit, and it's called the Wasp. So this is where they end up teaming up, and so Darren Cross finally has success shrinking a, a lamb, and he wants to take over the company. And so um, he invites Hank to the grand unveiling, and then of course there's increased security, and. So they realized it was going to be harder than they thought. And Luis is now posing as a security guard. And he lowers the water pressure through the pipes. So they basically, essentially break into the suit, break into the, the place. And so Darren puts on the yellow, the yellow jacket suit and they fight inside of the helicopter. And there's a bug zapper. Uh, yeah. I do thought think that it was probably one of the best scenes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After they both fall out, Scott's able to trap Darren in a bug zapper. But Jim Paxter shows up to arrest him. And before he can destroy the suit, Darren goes to Jim and Cassie's house to threaten their lives. So basically, they're getting threatened. They have to fight out of and defeat Darren. And then Lang realizes... So 
The only way for Scott to get inside of Darren's suit is to shrink to a subatomic size, smaller than normal, and he causes Darren to shrink into nothing. Lang is, Lang is trapped in the quantum realm, but hearing Cassie's voice, he manages to rewire the suit, reversing the process, determining him to normal. Following the battle, a great packs and covers for Scott, and so he doesn't have to go back to prison. And then, yeah, I won't say they live happily ever after, but the good guys prevail. Not one of the best, I mean, I, I just ran through it in what, eight minutes? But I mean, it's one of those things where this movie had a lot of down, not downfalls, but it had a lot of things not going for it. Number one, the story. Because not a lot of people knew Ant-Man. It's not like Iron Man or Captain America or Hulk. It's not a classic. Exactly. Number two, you had no recognizable names in there except Michael Douglas. Um, Evangeline, Evangeline Lilly, okay, but yeah, not so much. I mean, Michael Payne has done some stuff, but he was just your comic relief. Number three, the story. I just, I don't really think people cared about a shrinking man. They want to see that thing go say, you know, honey, I shrunk the kids. Nobody know. really thinks of that as like a superpower. You want to fly. You want to be super yeah. strong. You want to. Superman. Right. You know, so, so that's why I, and you know, obviously the cinema, the theaters were at different points. So I don't think, I mean, this movie ended up making what? Very close to, I mean, it only made a half a billion dollars worldwide and just, it just didn't, it wasn't memorable yet. I guess that's what it comes down to. I mean, out of all the Marvel movies, I just, this is the one that I always forget about. You know, when you're talking to people at dinner or anything like that, this is just like so forgettable. Yeah, you only need $178 million. I say only, but the budget was 130. I mean, you know, it's just okay. So yeah, it's it. It just didn't really work for me. Oh, overall, it's not one of those things where. Now, obviously, it was there. They use him as comic relief, and I think that's what the whole Marvel mentality was going forward with him. Because there were some funny moments in the, in the movie. But if you look at all of the other moments after that, um, I mean, whether it's he goes, you know, in Civil War, he gets shot from the arrow from Clint, and he goes into uh, Iron Man's suit, and he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to start rewiring some stuff. Well, who is this? You know, it's your conscience, you know, type of thing. Or, you know. That's what I asked. Who is this? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Who is it? Oh, it's, you know, your conscience. Or it's, you know, whether he gets shrunk and does some funny things. It's all comic relief. So, yeah, I, I didn't really... You were right in our last episode, and I said, well, are you looking forward to this movie? You're like, eh. I mean, that's what it is. Eh. Eh. Nobody's really, like... No one's ever going to be like, oh, I'm a huge Ant-Man fan. And I, yeah, no, I know. And I, I'll i be very curious to see next year. I mean, we've got a couple of movies coming out next year from Marvel. But I'll be very curious to see how well this does. Because 
this isn't let me try to bring up real quick um because okay well, let me go back here and um uh let's see Okay, so next year they have it coming out in February. So Michelle Pfeiffer is really the only other star. Um, Michael Douglas is coming back. Bill Murray probably will not be in the film because of the whole catastrophe that happened to him. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at the IMDb right now and his name is removed. Well, he's not removed, but they have Bill Murray. And he does not have a character named behind next to him. So my guess is he will not be in the film. Um, That's disappointing. I, yeah. I don't I don't know what he... I forgot. Did he do something? Yeah, probably? so there was some inappropriate action on a film set that oh, he was accused okay. of. And um, then he was later released from the picture. So... Um, I know that they are doing a sequel to um, Ghostbusters Afterlife. And anybody who saw the original, I've not seen it, but I do know that the uh, OG came back, so to speak. So you had Dan Aykroyd, and you had Bill Murray, and you had the guy who played, um, I'm skipping my name right now, but you had him come back. So they had the OG come back, and that my guess is he will not be in the sequel to Afterlife. So, um, but yeah, so I mean, this real getting back to it though, there's really, this is interesting. So I think we now know that the big bad, I'm just looking at Kang. Kang's going to be in it. So that, I guess there's your, your big bad of the, uh, the whole face. <laughs> the face. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm fascinated now. I want to learn more about Kang. Because I did not watch um, Falcon Winter Soldier, and I didn't watch Loki. So, I'll have to go back and watch those. But, do you know anything about the character about Kang? I haven't had time to watch those series yet, really. Okay, so... Um, let us, because that, that's, if that is the King the Conqueror, if that is the, um, Big Bad, so, so he's a supervillain appearing in, okay, by Marvel Comics, most frequently the opponent of the Avengers in the Fantastic Four. Interesting. So that tells me then that. There might be a uh, cutscene of, <clears throat> at the end of that, there might be a cutscene of some something having to do with Fantastic Four that I don't know that to be true. I'm totally speculating. But, um, Sounds like a good speculation to me. Yeah. A time travel entity. Several uh, alternations of the version of Kang have appeared throughout Marvel Comics throughout the years. And past heroes sell for Robert Sells. Um... He, according to IMG, he was the 65th greatest comic book villain of all time. That's not that great. 
<laughs> depending on how many there are, right? Yeah. That's true. Uh, I mean, if there's a thousand, okay. If there's a hundred, it's he's in the lower third, you know. But uh, if there's like sixty, you know, yeah, sixty-five on the grand scheme of things isn't too good. Um, has made appearances in television and video games. Um, played by Jonathan Majors. Okay, so he he appeared in the Loki series. Okay. Okay. So he did, excuse me, he did appear in Loki. So I, that's why I hadn't seen him. So, then you're going to have to have some sort of um, major movie to end the whole thing. I think that, um, so they haven't given a date for Fantastic Four yet. I mean, even though, you know, you had some, uh, you had like all those cameos in No Way Home. Um, so you've got Quantum Media coming out. You have, you have Thor Love and Thunder, which obviously, Quantum Mania, Black Panther in November. And Guardians. So he might, you might, this might be, um, you might see him in, I would say, the Marvels. If I, I'm just guessing he's a space guy, right? Yeah. I mean, maybe you might see some sort of um, mention of him in Guardians. Because, you know, I mean, Marvel is infamous for putting the big bat out there and then just um, hinting the heck out of it. Hint, hint, not only hinting, but letting him, letting him fester like five, six pictures. I mean, well, we just did, what, what did we just do? We just did Age of Ultron. We didn't see him until Infinity War. Right? You're talking how many pictures? Seven, eight pictures? I think this might be another one of those things where he was in Loki and then you're not going to see him because really there isn't another space movie until Guardians. I mean, yeah, Thor, I suppose, but I mean, they didn't, you know, he's not going to be in that one. So, yeah, I would say the Marvels. So if Secret Wars is supposed to be coming out, which I don't know when or if, but yeah, he's probably going to be the big bad. But getting back to Ant-Man, not worth the time. This is one of those that you could absolutely skip over. I would do one of those recap things on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Or you could listen to the show and tell it, you know, it's just that bad. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's so, it's it's not, it's definitely not. This, you know, it's funny. There's always those people out there that say, well, give me five movies to watch, you know. And this is definitely not one of them. This is probably in the lower, lower third of MCU movies. But, yeah. Just another character. Yeah. No big deal. Um, I'll be interested. Just, I, you know, when a, when a trailer comes out, I might be interested just to see it. But now that I think about it, I can't even remember Ant-Man and the Wasp off the top of my head. No. 
I, I, I didn't even bother. I mean, it took me months to see the movie. So um, I, yeah. So this is not one of those that um, I'm going to be racing out to go see. Right. So, um, okay. So you can skip, you guys can skip Ant-Man. <laughs> so, but coming up next week, we absolutely, so in the next few weeks, we've got at least the next month, we've got some great movies on Flashback Friday coming up. Next week, we have, I think, probably a top five, eh, top seven MCU movie in Captain America Civil War. Um, I know that the graphic, the comics are amazing. Um, I want to go read the comics first and then go see the movie. I'm always curious to see people that read the comics and then they go and say, well, this isn't, you know, compare it to the comics. How well is it? You know, um, but yeah, Captain America Civil War is coming up. I love the movie. It just, yeah, it's, it's a top seven movie for me. He's a favorite of yours. It's, it's well, okay. No, I-, I think, you know what it is, Anne? I think that it's not him per se. I think it was the filmmaking here. Um, the fact that you had 10 or 12 stories, individualized stories, um, come together at once. And this was the first time we had seen um, everybody at odds with each other. I mean, it wasn't we, a happy-go-lucky family anymore. Yeah. This is the first time there was in-house fighting. Really bad in-house fighting. So, yeah. The, I mean, the, the greatest, and I've always said this, the, the trailers and Marvel have a formula. And that last shot of you seeing, you know, 10 or 12 heroes going at it. And then it can be like, I need to see this movie. So, yeah. Captain America Civil War looks. And, and because of the success of um, Winter Soldier. I, I said it a couple weeks ago. I really believe the Russo brothers saved this franchise. If they did not get those guys to do that movie, I don't think we're talking about it today. Yeah. Um, and I then agree. we got a favorite of yours coming up next week or the week after that, Doctor Strange. Yes. Yes. So, and I'm, I'm dying to get your thoughts. We never did one. I'm never dying did. to get your thoughts on Multiverse of Madness. So that, yeah, we're going to do that. Yeah. I, I, Really, really interesting. Week after that, we have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Um, good. Now I've, I'm gonna go back and watch it again. What was the character of Adam? The, the, I forgot some some sort of character. They they hinted at Adam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's I think he's gonna be making his appearance in Guardians Three. We'll see about that. Um, Spider Man Homeway. Spider-Man Homecoming, first movie that John Watts made that was a billion dollars. Um, I think it was just done well. Um, this was the first time that you had a Spider-Man that actually looked the age. <laughs> you know, um, he didn't look 35 years old. So, but yeah, and I think that's why, um, I think that's why the, the, the second one did as well, too. And I think Zendaya, she's underrated. I mean, I've got to sit down and watch Euphoria, but she's an underrated actress. 
She's really up and coming, I think. She is the hottest thing in Hollywood right now. I mean, she just did Euphoria. She's Dune starting to film on Monday. I mean, she's just knocking it out of the park and everything she does. So, and then um, we have another Tiger Martini uh, film. Another one favorite of yours is Thor Ragnarok. So, that's going to be the next five. And then uh, Black Panther. So, the next six movies are really, really good. This is where this phase... It's stride. Exactly. It's starting to pick everything up and just and go with it. So... I think this was like that that last hump that you have to get over before it just it's all downhill from here. So, yeah, this is this is gonna be good. It's and this is why you know it's made so much money. I mean, I don't you know looking at the whole list. This is the 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 next six weeks or seven weeks. One, two, three, yeah. So the next six weeks are just, there it's isn't a bad, fun. yeah, there isn't a bad movie here. I mean, depending on how you like or dislike Black Widow, but there isn't a bad movie here for the next two months. There really isn't. I mean, after that, you have uh, Infinity War, okay, Ant-Man and the Wasp, anything has to be better than this one. <laughs> and then Endgame, Far From Home. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, this is, you, you, hit, you hit the nail on the head. We're hitting the stride here, and now it's just going to be downhill. So this is going to be fun, guys. The next six weeks, stay tuned, because we got six great movies coming up for you guys. Um, that's Flashback Friday. Stay tuned for the weekly, uh, the uh, main topic of the podcast is Elisa and I actually preview Thor Love and Thunder. Um, everything that we're hearing about this movie right now is unbelievable. It seems like they have fixed the Natalie Portman problem, which is good to hear. Um, it's even maybe a little emotional to find out. Um, Russell Crowe steals the show from what I understand. Weekly Roundup we'll have for you. And then starting in August, we have Mob Mondays. That's where I'm going to sit down and Basically, we're going to do what we're doing with movies like this, but this is all going to be mob movies. It's going to be The Departed. It's going to be Goodfellas. It's going to be Casino. It's going to be Black Mask. It's going to be Scarface. It's going to be mob movies every single week. Um, that is going to be a subscription service. It's going to be six ninety nine a month. If you do subscribe, um, we will, and I will, be giving you a shout-out on every single podcast for the month. If you don't want to do that, Think about heading on over to our Patreon, where our lowest is only $3 a month. Um, it's a cup of coffee at Starbucks almost. $8 is going to get you a shout-out, and it's going to be, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll get the shout-out and a little bit more. She will actually write you a haiku, she said. So personalized haiku. Um, $15 a month gets you the shout-out. It gets you a t-shirt, and it gets you a mug. And our biggest, as I said, is $20 a month. We'll get you a one-hour Zoom call with us. We'll get you an unpublished podcast. We'll get you the mug. It will get you the t-shirt. And it'll get you the shout-out. So, and you'll be supporting the channel. So, hopefully, 
by the end of the summer, maybe September, I'm going to be starting to try to get a YouTube channel going. So that's going to be good. Um, hit me up on uh, on Twitter. It's Wannabe Rounder. I will talk movies with you all day long. And we have some really cool guests coming up at the end of July. So it's it's something to something to look forward to. All right. With all, all right. that being said, I'm David Steele. She's Ian Cargard. You have been listening to this.